The weight of the sawed-off shotgun in my hand was a great comfort as I made my way cautiously forward through the brush and foliage around the small clearing. It was early spring, and the vegetation was still sparse from the hard winter. Even so, there was more than enough of it to provide cover for me, as long as the wind didn't change and give my scent away to the creature. I could see it striding back and forth in front of the abandoned mine entrance, less than thirty yards in front of me. It looked vaguely like a man, if that man was twelve feet tall and covered from head to toe in snowy white fur. The creature's arms seemed too long for its size, and where the fur on most of its body was short, like a gorilla's, the arms were covered in much longer hair that swished back and forth as it moved. It turned in my direction, and for the first time I saw its face. Two black eyes, almost like those of a shark, were set in its face just above a squashed wide nose that puffed in and out as it smelled the cool early evening air. All around the creature's mouth and on its broad chest the hair was stained a nasty, clotted reddish-brown, the color of dried blood. This was the creature I'd been tracking for three days, the Wendigo, a monster straight out of Native American legend, only this one was all too real. Of course, that might have been hard to believe, even seeing the thing prowling about the mine's entrance, except that I'm a creature out of legend as well, a werewolf, not the Claude Rains wolfman who's cursed to kill when the moon is full. My second, hairier nature is something I can control, mostly. My other nature also gives me an edge over most people. Even without changing into a wolf, I have enhanced senses that allowed me to follow the scent of blood the beast had trailed across the forest. I found the remains of a campsite several hours ago and picked up its trail there. Actually, I hadn't picked up its trail, exactly. I could smell the blood and lingering human scents of its victims. The creature had taken at least two people with it when it left the camp. It made a snack out of a third, a man, I believe. The remains I had found were only identifiable as human by the bits of clothes still clinging to them in a few places. From what I could tell, the two others had been alive when it took them, but that had been at least six hours before I'd arrived. I hoped their condition hadn't changed in that time. It was their scent more than that of the elusive creature which had led me here. It had brought them back to save for later, would be my guess. Its nature made it prefer the taste of fresh human flesh above all else, and there just weren't that many people on the menu in the wilds of Quebec's Algonquin Provincial Park at this time of year. As I watched from my cover, I saw the thing hunch down almost onto all fours and disappear into the blackness of the mine's opening. I heard a shrill, sharp scream. The screaming continued for a minute but began to weaken until it turned into racking sobs that were almost inaudible even to my enhanced hearing. I started to move forward then dropped back out of sight when the Wendigo suddenly emerged from the darkness of the mine. 
It stretched itself out for a moment and then sniffed the air. The wind was still, and I hoped it wouldn't be able to pick up my scent. It intently scanned the tree line around the mine. I held my breath as its gaze passed over my hiding place twice without pausing. Then, as though hearing some signal, the creature lumbered off into the wilderness on the far side of the clearing from me. I could still hear the sobbing coming faintly from within the mine, but I waited until I'd silently counted to one hundred. I'd seen no further sign of the Wendigo in that time, so I crept forward. As I got closer, the scent of blood and decay came to me, filling my sensitive nose. It wasn't overwhelming, but the smell of death coupled with the woman's crying made my stomach turn in nauseated fashion.